Welcome, welcome, welcome to Walking Through Glass, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown, founder of the Leadership Movement, international best-selling author, speaker, and executive coach, affectionately known to my clients as The Catalyst, because I make shift happen. My purpose in life is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. I wake each morning with the mission to help you lead with confidence, speak with influence, and connect strategically by getting out of your own head so you can lead. And by lead, I mean learn, experience, apply, and develop. Walking Through Glass, the podcast, is not about breaking through the glass ceiling. It's about the struggle we face on our journey walking through the glass, the fear, anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, limited beliefs, negative self-talk, and other BS, you know, belief systems that get in the way of us living the life that we dream and desire. It's time. It's time to make the shift to clarity, confidence, and consistency. Are you ready for your daily dose of vitamin Dr. D? Well, guess what? Me and my guests have something for you. Come and get this medicine for your mindset. All right, all right, all right, guys, we have an amazing guest here today. I'm telling you, if you have not met, seen, visited, explored the World Wide Web and connected with Tanya Fairley, then you are missing something. Tanya is a certified trichnologist, cosmetologist, naturopathic wellness coach who lives in Pasadena. And she is the owner of T.S. Fairley Hair Restoration Center and Training Academy, Strands on Grand and Strands Hair Studio. Now she has quite a bit of corporate experience and not only leading, but training for organizations like L'Oreal Professional. But the real power is this, is in her desire to service her clients and to help teach them how to identify their hair loss. But more so than that, equipping them, equipping stylists and salons with the basic tools needed to be a first responder to hair loss. Through this collaboration that she does, it helps people slow down and restore 
their confidence. So again, we talk about being and having our crowning glory. Well, there's nothing more glorious than having Tanya Fairley on Walking Through Glass today. Hi, Tanya. Oh, good morning. How are you? (laughs) Good morning. I'm just so excited to have you here. And it's like, as you sit there and you kind of start to read through, like and looking at the bios and the amazing things that people are doing, it's like, my goodness, like, these are really certified, lack of a better term, badasses that we have on, on the show um, to really help just every listener. But like I share on a regular, my passion is really about speaking life and helping women walk through what I call the glass that's there. So all right, I know I got a little bit, a little bit and shared about you, but what else do you want to tell the people as we get ready to get started in our conscious conversation? You know, it's, it's interesting because people don't understand that as a stylist, that that's what I'm certified to do. But what I do on the backside is I change people's lives. You know, yeah. I transform them from the inside out and from the outside in. So it's not just about laying hands on the hair, but it's laying hands and touching the heart. And so, you know, and and I have all kinds of clients from CFOs, CEOs. um, And so when they leave, they are so different. And that's, I think that's the joy that I get out of all of this is when I'm done with someone, a client, whether it's a female, male or female, when I'm done with them, they're different. And and it just just expands from that, right? Because I make them different. They tell someone else, someone else comes in with a different set of issues. I make them different. So every person who leaves my chair is not the same as when they walked in the door. Wow. I love that. And to me, you know, I love hair stories. And, And one of the things that we think about how we identify and how we see ourselves and how we show up it is attached to how we also look. So I think what you're saying, that transformation that occurs is powerful. And that being said, I've been asking uh, my guest to give me their take on what it means from their point of reference, what it means to actually walk through glass. Like when you've heard that term, because somebody's like, what? I never heard that term before. I never heard anyone use it this way. Um, not that they've never heard people walking through glass, but right. <laughs> it as a, a metaphor for something. And so I decided that I was curious to see what do other women, when they hear that, or when I say that, how does it resonate with them? And I want to get their take on what is what, what is walking through glass to them. Well, when I first saw it, I was just like, wow, what a powerful statement. And for those who have been through some things, um, it would resonate with them immediately. So for me, it definitely resonated with me because I was I was raised in a foster home. I was born to drug addicted parents. So walking through glass to me means that you are really looking at where you came from, looking wow. at the journey that you're going to and where you want to end up. And not stopping because glass, think about what glass is. It's a sharp, sharp object, right? It cuts you. It makes you bleed. It hurts. So for me, walking through that is basically walking through all the trials and tribulations that I've been through in life, 
but I'm still standing. I got cuts and scrapes and bruises and I got all the battle wounds <laughs> that you know, but I tell when I'm doing my speaking engagements or when I'm I'm talking to a stylist or even talking to a client, I really like to tell people that your life is without excuse. Like if you really want to be something, get somewhere or do something, do it. Now it's not going to be easy because you're going to get cut in the process, right? Walking through glass, you're going to get cut in the process. You're going to get wounded, but you got to, you know, like they say, put your big girl panties on and keep it pushing. <laughs> Yes. No, you do. And and I like to say, you got to embrace the journey Mm -hmm. that you're, that you're on. And I, I, I love, like, I'm so glad. I don't even know why I wasn't doing it before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And since I got, it's like, wow, I I get such a richer understanding to see it. And I would say, well, how does this, how does this um, relate to you know, does this, is this right? And I said, of course it's right. Cause it's what you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course it is. I'm not here to define walking through glass to you. I could give you what my frame of reference and say that we all have, like you said, that semblance of that because we've taken, we, we do get cut, mm-hmm. but how, how it set with me was that there were certain women that I was working with, like you said, CEO, CFO, COOs, and strong, powerful women. Um, If you saw them walking down the street, you're talking about they got it all. If you saw them in the boardroom, they know what to say, they know what to do. But as soon as they walk out of that space, they're broken. And they were coming to me to share their fears, their anxieties, and and their and how depressed they were. And some of them had substance abuse challenges, and they doubted themselves. And just it was like this whole potpourri. And I'm like, whoa, wait, wait! But you broke through the glass ceiling because it was it was really big about get to that corner office, get in the sweet suite, break through the glass ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. But I said, who's now serving and supporting you? As you're walking through the glass, the ceiling's broken. There's glass on the floor. You're now in the room that first tried to keep you out. (laughs) And so just because you're in the room, the glass is shattered on the floor. It didn't change the ideology and whole or part of everybody who was already in the room. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so you still got to figure that out. So you're going to question yourself. You're going to be in that space where you, you know, you feel like, uh, do I belong here? Mm-hmm. Not if I qualified. It's like, do I belong here? Because now you're battling the work. I can do the work, but as a woman, and I don't know whoever else is out there, it always came back to as a mom and mom guilt, spouse guilt. And I remember my ex-husband telling me that I was a bad mother because I chose a job over my child and over a marriage. I was like, what? I, I didn't do that, you know, and even though I, on the subconscious, I knew it wasn't true on the surface level, I believed it. And so it impacted the way that I responded, I reacted the way I showed up and also how my health was impacted. And now in your, here's, here's the beauty of what you get to do is that you get to work and support these Women, you said they come in all different shapes and sizes. You do an utter transformation because you know the beauty shop, the barbershop, the hair salons, that's where the real therapy happens. For real. It's like with this Corona whole shutdown lockdown, I was telling my daughter, I said, you know, I said, my work was my therapy. Like I had clients coming in of all different shapes and sizes 
I canceled them. They canceled me. So now I got to figure out this new normal because right now, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting that extra. I'm not getting that outlet and neither are they. Mm. And so I, I took that step back and said, wow, if I'm not getting it, how are they getting it? You know? And so people don't realize certain things that we do in life, how it changes other people in just an instant. You know, some people forward to that every, you know, I have clients that come every six weeks, every eight weeks, every two weeks, but whatever it is, they're ready to tell me whatever it is they need to tell me. They've been building it up since the last appointment. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it becomes a, a session and a lesson for both of us, not just them, not just me, but for both of us. Ooh, now I, I just, this actually just hit my brain. You know how my brain works. I was like, you could do like virtual hair therapy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I'm actually working on virtual consultations right now um, because I still want to people to understand that, yes, we're at a standstill right now. The standstill is only temporary, but don't lose the insight of being able to have an outlet. Don't think that just because you can't physically get to me that there's no outlet. I'm still willing to be that person. We just have to figure it out a different way. Oh, I love that. I love that. You're obviously so passionate about what you do and who you serve that I wanted to ask, you know, what's your why? Why do you do this? Why are you so connected and passionate about this? My biggest why, when I look back, you know, every, you know, I have kids, I have a husband, but I didn't have this when I was growing up. I had no, I had no one that I was their why for. I didn't have anyone who was motivated enough to motivate me to do better. So I had to go out and find, I had to attach myself, sometimes even becoming a pest in other people's world so that I can see that there is other opportunities out there for me. So that became my why is to, so that other people can see that there are, you know, regular old folk, tangible people that they can talk to, reach out to. And if that means being a hairstylist and you coming and sitting in my chair for that 45 minutes, hour and a half, whatever time it is, that that I'm there, I'm available. This is your dedicated time. And so when I'm with someone, I am very much in tune and giving them their time, their space, whatever it is they need from me so that they can discover their own why. Why do they, you know, want to come see me every two weeks or whatever it is their intervals are? Why do they wait to come and see me to to talk to me? Why do they ask me the questions they ask me? I didn't have that. So I wanted to be that resource for other people. And being in the industry I'm in, I'm able to touch a whole lot more people than your average person. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. And literally, look, literally and figuratively. <laughs> exactly, right? They say that hairstylists touch more heads than doctors. Think about that. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a firm believer. I mean, and and there's so much power in that to, to not only to touch, but also to help people heal. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the work that you do, again, there's no such thing as just a stylist. There is a stylist, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But your level is a, even a whole nother level as a trichnologist. Mm-hmm. 
because the impact of our hair, when I kept saying that crowning glory, I know several people that deal with alopecia mm-hmm. and I know different stages. I am not an authority at all, <laughs> anywhere near it. But I remember um, just when I used to get my hair, like a lot of cornrows and braids, I used to pull out all my edges mm-hmm. and I would have bald edges. That's one level. And that was kind of embarrassing. If you want to put your ponytail up, you had like patchy. I mean, it was clean. There was not a hair falling. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, back in those days and stuff. And um, I remember just, you know, wanting to always kind of mask or to hide or pull that up. But think about how raw and bare someone who has it on a larger scale. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of what I do because I tell people all the time, like, it's more than just hair. It's about re- restoration of confidence. It's about building that person's self-esteem so far up that in only a way that I could do it. Someone who's been holding their head down because they're losing hair. And I show them that we we have a system or a method to help um, sustain what they already have, regrow what they've lost. The confidence that that they start to exude is just you can't pay for that. You you just you you just can't. It's just a natural thing that happens. It's the joy that I get when I'm able to do that. And ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I'm able to do that with every single person who comes in my salon who who I encounter. Wow. Now, what? Again, like I said, our hair is so important. This is such a wonderful opportunity to get more details on. What is one of the number one, besides, you know, maybe anything that, I don't know if there is anything genetic, like I said, I don't know enough about that. The number one reason for hair loss. The number one reason for hair loss is, and people don't understand this, is it all starts in the gut. Mm -hmm. Insides isn't right your hair isn't going to be right. And the reason that is, is because your body sees your hair as an accessory, not a necessity. So when your hormones are out of balance, when you are, you know, not taking care of your, your body on the inside, the first thing to go is going to be your hair. Now, yeah. And so, you know, alopecia is a blanketed term for hair loss. And there's so many different. There's, you know, traction alopecia, which is common in African American women. Well, it, it started out common in African American women, but it's it's actually grown through all nationalities because women who wear tight ponytails or buns are starting to experience traction alopecia at a very high rate. And then you have the circotricial alopecia, which is a CCCA. Then you have the alopecia areata, which again, we can go into all these things, but at the end of the day, it all goes back to what are we doing to our bodies? And do we really want to maintain this hair? Because if we do, then you got to change some things on the inside so the outside can flourish. Wow. That, I mean, pun, non pun intended, that's really about the growth and mm-hmm. getting to the root of it all and mm-hmm. your gut foundation. And I think that we can see that even in the way that we lead, the way that we learn, the way that we interact and experience people and the way that we develop ourselves and others is that it really starts from the inside, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And if we don't work on 
who we are and get clear about that so we can very be very confident how we show up, then again, we're not going to see progress and growth um, and consistency is not going to be there. And it's it's really interesting to me to see how nature, how life experiences really truly mimic. And there's so many parallels and interwoven stories in that. When we talk about the circle of life, I was watching Lion King again the other day. <laughs> And we were talking about the circle of life, you know, but even still, even with our growth as well. And so that's, I mean, the work that you do is so powerful because again, I said, we have hair stories and um, I love to share my hair story. Okay. Y'all, if you haven't heard this hair story, this is my favorite hair story um, is that when I started to, um, when I got locks and I started with color and I was in a different phase and place of my life or whatever else I got locks. And each time I added color, the first time, of course, my um, loctician, she mixed and gave me original color. I always go in there and say, just do whatever. Tell me which one. What are you going to do? <laughs> and she's like, I love you because you just let me create. And so she would mix and create a color. And so once that started and I started doing that on rep- a repetition, and the next time I went in and she said, we're not going to color over that. We're going to use that little blended piece. And so I realized that when I went back, um, to her because I was living overseas at the time and then I was moving. And so my hair color was different and people thought I was taking my hair and getting it dipped, <laughs> but really I never colored over the new growth. And so that became part of my hair story. And then each season that I'm in, not year, each season that I'm in, I just add a new color in relation to where I'm at mentally, physically, emotionally. And so I've told people my hair is like a tree trunk. I can tell the seasons and the stories in my life. If you look at my hair, cause I never colored since then, I've never colored over the root. I always just color the roots of whatever the new section, not the other pieces that are in there. And so what it symbolizes for me is my growth in stages And with you not only working in the industry, but just working also with organizations and sharing your story, how would, and and this is totally kind of like off the cuffs as I was listening to you talk, how would you say your hair tells the story of your life? Mm -hmm. I think for many people, the, the hair story can be very, um, detrimental. Mm-hmm. It can be very saddening. It can be very, um, it can, it can, the hair story can also have so many wounds, but then when the hair story becomes a, a light, when you figured it out, when you are on the upward swing and you start to see your glorious locks flourishing or the, the, the luster coming back or the sprout of a, of a follicle that wasn't there, you begin to look at it a little differently. For me, my hair story was always, I was this, you know, big eyed girl with this thick nappy hair that someone always wanted to either straighten or braid, or it was never a embrace your hair the way it is. And as I became older and realizing that my hair was just one part of me. I also realized that it was enough of a part of me that I didn't want that I didn't hold my hair my head up. 
Mm. I began to understand how that when they say your, your hair is your crown and your glory, I began to understand what that meant only as an adult. I didn't understand that as a child. So so when, when I got to a place where my hair journey and my hair story wasn't positive, I started to look at what I was doing to create this downward spiral. And so there, there it began. I began to, uh, and take more classes, educate myself on how to feel better and look better. Um, not to anyone else's standards, but to my own standard. What made me feel good about how I looked with my hair? And then from there, I, that, I think that was my turning point. Mm. Once I did that, though, I was able to share that with other people. Once I shared that with other people, my business started to grow. Like literally talking about how I went from a relaxer to a pressing curl. I'm a pressing curl, just letting it be all, be all. And people were like, what? You transitioned? Why would you do that? You're a hairstylist. You have to do this. You have to do that. And my, my answer to everyone was, because at the end of the day, I need to make, at the end of the day, I needed to make me feel good about me and mm. living up to someone else's standards about me was not doing that. Wow. That's mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. And I think that as women, as we, again, walk through the glass of whatever that glass is, whatever space that we've broken into, um, et cetera, is that just because we've walking through, it doesn't mean we're not going to hit a wall <laughs> at some point. And that we utilize the tools that we, that we have that we've been blessed with and that we've learned to be able to chip away at those mindsets, to chip away at those belief systems, to chip away at all of those things that don't serve us. And I think that that's what's so super powerful about it all. And so powerful what you were sharing is that when you get to the point, and like I always say, I love me. And if you do, it's a bonus, but that was a journey for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a journey. I wasn't, I, it, it, you know, people say I started from the bottom. Now I'm here. And I know because we just got to work together on testimony, the journey of me on the road to I am, which really was about the messy middle <laughs> mm-hmm. and the stuff that you got to do during the growing season, you know, that's there because you don't start from the bottom and now you're here. There's a road and there's a journey. There's a pathway in between and there's hills and valleys and bumps and um, stop signs and yield signs and construction zones on that journey, you know, um, to be able um, to do that. And so also I know that we didn't share the fact that, you know, you are an author (laughs) (laughs) and you just been publishing your little heart out. Tell us a little bit about that. What was that experience like? That experience was definitely an awakening of my soul. It definitely allowed me to to open and close chapters of my life that did not align with what what I believed in and where I wanted to go. And so being a part of the first book Testimony the journey of me on the road to I am basically was 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 putting myself out there so people can know that I didn't 
I didn't just become this person overnight. There was some healing that needed to be done. And I had to be the one to recognize that I needed to do this healing so that I can move forward. And being able to do that and write that, you know, be a part of the Destimony um, anthology book was more of a of a chapter that had already been written. It just never been told. Mm. And so because of that, um, I am working on uh, anthology book number three. I have a second one that'll be out. Um, it, the date's been moved because of Corona, but um, we're looking at May 30th. Um, and that one is Pray, Pursue, and Persist. And it basically talks about my prayer journey to where I'm at. So it's definitely opened up a window of opportunity for me to continue to close some some doors um, and open up some avenues that will allow me to continue to help others, even if I'm not behind the chair. Mm. Wow. I love that what you, I got chills when you said, you know, the first experience was really a story that's already been written, but never told. Mm-hmm. And my passion and what my mission is as a, until my season shifts again is really to help women tell their stories and share their stories and live their truth. And that I have found on this journey and with this foci, there's so many untold stories. There's so many untold stories and the why of why they're untold just runs the gamut. But at the root of it all is that it's really about what people are believing about what their story says about them mm-hmm. as opposed to who they are. And so I find spending time having to help break that cycle and the fear of, I don't want to tell about this because then people are going to think about me differently. Why mm-hmm. do they know you? if they know you, they know you, right? Not your, you know, and so I think that that is such a powerful um, piece to what we do, how we do, and why we do it. In that, more women, as they tell their stories, their healing journeys, and it's not about somebody else. It's not about um, having to be on the New York Times bestselling, you know, which is why I tell people just tell it. Exactly. Just tell it. You're going to get free from this because if you tell it, you define the narrative. So I just, I just kind of had a moment when you were sharing that it was just so real and so positive um, to, to say, and I applaud you for your courage. I think that a lot of times people don't realize that we can be our own self motivators and we can put, pick our own selves up by our bootstraps, but you have to be willing to, like I said, put it out there so that others can see that it's okay to hurt. It's okay to heal. Right. Cause some people want to stay victims and some people don't, That's but right. people have been shunned from hurting outwardly. Like you're supposed to suffer in silence and writing has allowed me to, like I said, to, to tell a story that was already there, but just not out there. Mm-hmm. And so, and for that, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful because, you know, if it, if it had not been for you and this, this awesome idea of testimony, then that first story wouldn't have, would have still been on paper. Mm. 
Well, well, I think when we get to the space, when we truly operate in obedience is what I like to call it. <laughs> and when I had the divine download that I needed to start operating in obedience and that um, my ego couldn't get away of my excellence and that the same, my story, parts of my story had already been written and never been told and very rarely shared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that it was through sharing that gifts and that's the art of storytelling that was going to lead others to be able to feel comfortable and have a safe space to do theirs. I tell people, I don't, it was already inside of you. <laughs> I was just like, that was a little spark that might've poked a little bit. And so I realized that I love doing that. And I realized that I'm called to do that. And that's the beauty of being in that space. And then different things that I did over the course of my career, from being a school teacher, a school principal, being a strategist and a consultant, it was like, okay, but what is it that I do? And I used to ask myself, but what is it I do for people? I don't know, you know, because it's different. And so I sat in it one day and it literally just dropped in my head. It says, you inspire, empower, you transform lives, how you do it has shifted and changed. But if you roll back your tape to the very start of your awareness, you've always done that. It just looked different. And I think if we can start to get clear about that, about who we really are, not by a title or by commas, but who we're called to be, then this journey that we're walking through, this mission that that we're on, will be quite different for us and very empowering for us, but also inspiring for other people and stuff. So I thank you, like I said, for sharing, um, sharing, sharing, sharing stories. This time goes by so fast. Like it's weird. <laughs> it's so fast. <laughs> I know you're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, but there are still like so many things, but guess what? The beauty is that they can go buy the book and read the book. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> And, and before we do like close out, I do want to have the opportunity to share with our listeners. What's one thing, if they don't take away anything else from what you're sharing here today, what's one thing that you would want to tell them for them to kind of marinate and meditate on? I think the biggest thing that I love to share is I tell people is figure out a way to overcome your own emotional poverty. Mm. Because if oh, you do, no. that, you, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was like, "Dang, that's so good." Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. If, if you if you overcome your own emotional poverty, everything else will flourish. It's because we keep ourselves in this type of emotional bondage that does not allow us to grow, and that's with everything, whether it's your hair, your work, your money, your finances, your kids. It's an emotional toll that takes a part of us and that beats us up. If we if we just take one step to figure out how to to conquer that and heal from that, heal, then we will definitely be in a different spot, in a different place, in a different space on the next part of our journey. Ooh, that is so 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 good. I mean, so good. <laughs> Sounds like you just like drop the mic. Okay, done. Shut it down tweet, 
you know, now how can people find you? They want to reach out and, and whether they want to find, because they have more questions about, you know, their hair story, their hair journey, or in regards to any other services you might offer at work and how can people find you? Well, my website is, um, you know, in for, well, it's always these, all these different social media platforms now, right? <laughs> so Instagram is at TS Fairly. My website is www.tanyafairly.com. And from there, they'll find both my hair salon pages and my leadership and development page. But definitely want people to understand that every journey is up to them. It's, it's up to them. You know, everything that happens to them is a chapter in the story. It's not the period. So don't let anyone put a period to their story. They have to do it themselves. And, and finding and seeking that guidance and education is the only way they're going to get there. Oh, that's really, 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 really good. I mean, like so good. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, there's, there's so much even in those other nuggets and stuff like that. And of course, you know, Tanya can come back and share what's new on her, on her agenda, especially as we get to the um, closer to the publication of her next book and she can keep us updated on what she's working on. But I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to walking through glass. And, and here's what I want you to know. My takeaway is this, and I had to marry it down because each time I said, Oh, I got so many different takeaways. And then I had to boil it down to say, what is it? And so I close with this, know that you have the power and the authority to transform your situation. So get clear about what you really want, which will lead to you being confident about who you are called to be and allow you to stay consistent on how you are called to serve. So until next time, keep embracing the journey. We are definitely in this together and bye-bye. See you later. Catch you on the next episode of Walking Through Glass. Here we go. Here we go.